Well, I am truly delighted to be here and even more delighted that I get to see Taylor <laughs> and Derek. But I'm sorry, Derek, I'm just infatuated with your bride. <laughs> I'm infatuated with you. I know you are too. And they've been, they've been, on, they're just coming off their honeymoon. You know what I mean? You don't mess with folks on their honeymoon and all of that. But, uh, but uh, I'm grateful to be here. As you can see, my throat's a little scratchy, so pray for me yes. while I'm uh, doing these last two. But uh, y'all see, it's dry. It's a little drier than, than the tropical Mississippi <laughs> air. I'm not going to tell you what the temperature is in Jackson today. <laughs> but, um, but it's, uh, I mean, um, Pastor Bill and uh, Pastor John, I'm so delighted to be here. And, and for us to have this book launch on yesterday and to have had these events leading up to the book launch and then for this to be the first Sunday morning service and to be here with New Hope. You know what I mean? To be here at New Hope. You know what I mean? Excited to do that with, uh, with our book. So um, I'm here to say thank you, first and foremost, for you all support of, uh, of Taylor. But any book sales would just be icing on the cake. Y'all with me? Just a little icing. You know, icing on the cake. We like a little icing on the cake. But anyway. Um, now, I'm seeing that clock. I'm looking at the confidence monitor. And, um, and um, yeah, ignore that bad boy, right? But look, but look, they, they've been putting me up here on these platforms to speak. And they say, I want you to preach, right? And then they say, you got 15, 20 minutes. And I say, 15, 20 minutes? Taylor knows a little bit better now. 15, 20 minutes, I can't do nothing but 15, 20 minutes. But they say a sermon's like good sausage, right? You can cut it off at any point, you get the same thing. So, <laughs> we're going to cut this bad boy off at some point. <laughs> we're going to cut this bad boy off at some point. Y'all might just get this much, you know. But, uh, but let's have fun while we're here. Is that okay? Yeah. I, I'm about having fun. I'm about enjoying myself. It sounds like y'all have fun too, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So uh, allow me to do this. Allow me to read here these first two verses of uh, chapter 11 because I, I've been hearing that you all are going through this series under the sun. And I've been tasked with the task of landing the plane and y'all gave me the subject. If I was in Jackson, Mississippi, I would say the preaching subject is true living. True living. And so uh, let me read these first two verses. It says, cast your bread upon the waters, and for you will find it after many days. Give a portion to seven or eight, for you know not what disaster may happen on the earth. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. 
Father, we thank you and praise you so much for your goodness, your grace, your love and mercy that surround us every day. I pray, Lord, that you stand in my body. I pray, Lord, that you declare a word to the heart of your dear people, this church, New Hope. I pray, Lord, that you use me right now. And I pray, Lord, that um, I would decrease and, Lord, that you would increase and that your glory would continue to fill this place. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. The very thought of true living, the very thought of true living is that you and I must find wisdom. You know where we find wisdom? We find wisdom in our folly. We find wisdom in our fumbling and stumbling. Can I get an amen? amen? And look, look, if I didn't get one uh, uh, throughout the rest of these 10 minutes that I'm up here, <laughs> I need to get that one. We find wisdom in our folly. Mama said, don't touch the stove because the stove is what? Oh, y'all talk back to me. Don't touch the stove because the stove is hot. But we did what? We touched it anyway. <laughs> and wisdom said that thing is hard. <laughs> True living is to find wisdom. To land the plane, verse 1 says, cast your bread upon the waters and you will find it after many days. To cast means to send it away, your bread. Well, what is your bread? Uh, many scholars differ. The bread is the bread, the word is the bread, your money. All right? What, what is it? Uh, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measures, fresh, shaken together, running over. You know? <laughs> Shall men give into your bosom? You know, what is this? Well, let's go out to the lake. Y'all like the lake? But the lake is frozen over. But when <laughs> I think it'll unthaw by June, right? <laughs> Maybe July. But, but in July, the ducks might come back. <laughs> and y'all will feed the ducks in July. And you throw the bread out to the ducks. But our bread is a little different than their bread. Remember their bread? Their bread is unleavened bread, right? The unleavened bread, the unleavened bread floats a little bit, right? Unleavened bread floats some. And so the idea now is that unleavened bread would be able to go out as the wind and as the tide takes it out. But also as the tide brings it back, it would come back to. Can you see it? Can you see the imagery? It will come back after many days. Translation, if you give of yourself, it will come back. 
Jesus teaches this. I believe he teaches this. And you find this teaching in, uh, in Luke chapter 10. He found this, uh, this expert of the law. This expert of the law came to Jesus trying to trap Jesus. And he asked him a question. Y'all remember this question that he asked Jesus? He says, how can I inherit eternal life? And Jesus says, and Jesus says, he flipped the script. I like that. And back in my neighborhood, we call it flipping the script. He, so he says, he says, um, how do you interpret the very same question in which you asked me? Because if you're, a, you know, you, if you're an attorney, you don't ask a question that you don't know the answer to, right? And so he, said, he says, Deuteronomy 6, 5, love the Lord your God with all your mind, all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. Leviticus 19, 18, love your neighbors, you love yourself. Do this and you shall live, Jesus says. So Jesus, Jesus drops the mic and walks off the stage, right? But the man says, seeking to justify himself, the scripture says, the man says, well, who is my neighbor? And Jesus goes on to give us the greatest parable, probably out of all of the 54 parables in the scripture. But what does Jesus do? He indicts the church, the priest, and the Levite. Don't look at me like that. Don't look at me when, you said, when I said to preach. Y'all looking at me kind of hard. <laughs> he indicted the priest, yes, and the Levite. Because they knew better, but they didn't. They weren't giving themselves. What? Away. Am I telling this right? Yeah. 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 Preach it. Verse 2 is just an addition to verse 1. For it says, give, <clears throat> give a portion, 7 or even 8. <clears throat> For you know not what, a, what disaster may happen upon the earth. This is the, the idiom of this idea, disaster meaning evil, what would happen upon the earth. And that idea is the fact that we... We are scared of evil happening to us because evil exists all around us, right? But here's the, here's the idea. Here's the idea in verse 3. If the clouds are full of rain, they empty themselves upon the earth. And the, if the tree falls from the south or the north in the place where it falls, where the, tr- where the tree falls, there it will lie. Translation, you can't control it. You are not in control. This is my amen corner. Let me preach on this side a little bit because y'all, y'all not getting it. Because this side want to be in control. I got some control freaks on this side. <laughs> yeah, because you like me. You like me because we, we want to be in the cockpit. We're in the cockpit. We say, uh, Jesus, you're riding, you riding co-pilot today. Jesus, you ready to fly? You ready to fly? You about ready to fly? Hey, when we get to 20,000 feet, I want you to take over, Jesus. You ready to go? Hey, wake me up when, when it's time to land. I'm going to land this bad boy. I'm going to put down the landing gear. I'm going to land this bad boy. Is that not how we behave? The idea is we're not in control. A man said to his wife, I don't like you. I 
after 45 years of living, the wife said, you know what? I know that. (laughs) You think I like you? (laughs) That ain't y'all now. He said, you know what? Listen, I don't want you. Listen, you probably going to bury me. I'm probably going to die before you, but listen, I don't want you taking one red cent of my money with you. I want you to bury me with all of my money, and I'm going to put that in my will. <laughs> bury me with all of my money. She said, fine, I ain't. I'm, I'm going to give you all of your money when you die. Man was buried. They didn't see no money. He said, man, what happened? He was supposed to be buried with all his money. Where was the money? She said, I buried him with all his money. She said, I said, where was the money? She said, I wrote him a check. (laughs) You ain't in control. And neither am I. Verse number four, he observes the wind. He who observes the wind will will not sow, and he who regards the clouds will not reap. Translation, don't wait to do good. Do what is right, right now. Don't wait to say I'm sorry to your wife. When you know you done done wrong. I'm preaching better than you saying amen right now. (laughs) Don't wait to do good when you know what's right to do. And we got to get this in the church. We should not wait to be the church. We should not wait to be Christians. We should not wait to serve Jesus. We should not wait to be witnesses for God. We should not wait to exemplify the power of the Holy Spirit that lies within us. Don't wait to do good. If you keep living shabby lives, you're going to be a shabby person. And you know, look, don't nobody want lukewarm ice cream. You want lukewarm coffee? That's bitter. You're going to spit it out your mouth. And on the day of judgment, you just may find he'll spew you out of his mouth. Verse number five. It says here, as you do not, excuse me, as you do not know the way that the spirit comes to the bones in the womb of the child, so you do not know the work of God who makes everything. Translation, he is in control. The adage here in the Hebrew is so you won't know a 
thing you will never know what the will of God is. But we must be submitted to the will of God. We must be submitted to his will. And whatever God has for me, I'm okay with. It is well. It is well with my my soul. We can sing the song, but do we believe it? No, life ain't fair. Verse number six is saying that life ain't fair. It's using the it's using the agricultural society and saying that you don't know which seed will come up when you plant the seed when you sow the seed you don't know which seed will come up you don't know but does that mean you won't sow you won't sow the seed in faith does that mean you won't water the seed in faith does that mean you don't want nurture the seed in faith? Does that mean you won't love the child in faith? Does that mean you won't love the church in faith? Does that mean we won't love the schools in faith? Does that mean that we don't uh, that we give up on our families in faith? Does that mean? That when the going gets tough, we go, we look in the real view mirror and we choose our past rather than the future that God has for us. No, we got to continue to look ahead because of what God wants to do for you and for me. If we're truly submitted to his will, we can't control it. And no life is not fair. I wrestle, I toss, and I turn with whether or not I was to share this. These words in the scripture has hit me between the heart and hit me between the eyes. Because on February 20th at 5.52 a.m., I lost the one who led me to Christ. I lost the one who inspired me to be the man of God that she has shaped and molded me to be. I lost the one who gave me, who God used to give me life. I lost the one who had reared, who has reared me for 35 years. I lost the one who cared about everything that I had done. I lost the one who joined with me in the efforts of this church plant and was with me and was willing to go down with the ship. And I knew it 
And if she was with me, ride or die. I'm talking about my mother. I didn't know the fullest, the fullest extent of her illness. She didn't share that with me, not to burden me. But what I do know is that at the end, I wanted her not to suffer because all she did was call upon the name of Jesus. In those last hours, she was just calling upon the name of Jesus. And all I wanted her to do at that point was to meet the one whose name is Jesus. I wanted her to meet the one who had died for her sins and for mine. She's the one who led me to Christ. She's the one who taught me about this loving Savior. He's the mighty one. He's Alpha and Omega. He's our advocate. He's the authority. He's the author and the perfecter of our faith. He's the bread of life. He's our beloved son. He's the bridegroom. He's the chief cornerstone. New hope. Do you know him? He's our deliverer. He's the faithful and true. He's the good shepherd. He's the great high priest. He's the head of the church. He's the holy servant. He is the I am. He is Emmanuel. He's the indescribable gift. I ask you new hope. Do you know him? He is the judge. He's the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He is the lamb of God. He's the light of the world. He is the lion of the tribe of Judah. He is the Lord over all. He is the Messiah. He's the one who sets us free. He's our redeemer. He's our great healer. He's our mediator. His name is Jesus. He suffered. He bled. He died on a cross called Calvary. He rose again and he's risen at the right hand of the Father to be able to receive people like you and me. I truly believe my mother is with him in heaven and that great cloud of witnesses cheering us on. Cheering us on to be the church. To be the church saying if you knew what I know now you would get busy. If you knew what I know now we wouldn't waste time. We wouldn't waste time on our arbitrary things. I saw the light in her eyes as she went to glory. I saw death's transition. But I saw and I understand 
that our Savior removed death stain. I know he's truly a healer. He is a Savior. And he gives us salvation. Amen. Amen.